Hey, Diatribe listeners. Thanks to your support, we've been nominated for the best podcast in the 2011 Westward Denver Web Awards, and Westward is throwing a great party to celebrate. Come out and show your support for Denver Diatribe and all the Web Award nominees at the free Open to the Public Awards party on Wednesday, November 16th at Castleman's Bar and Venue. There will be music, drinks, games, and lots more. Again, that's Wednesday, November 16th at Castleman's Bar and Venue, 2620 Walnut Street in Denver. Doors open to the public at 8 p.m. For more information, visit westward.com and search Web Awards. Hope to see you there. This week's episode is brought to you by Free Speech TV. On television, the internet, and radio, Free Speech TV inspires viewers to become civically engaged to build a more just, equitable, and sustainable society. For more information, visit freespeech.org. That's freespeech.org. Hello, I hope I'm calling the right uh, the right number here is calling for the Denver Diatribe uh, love hate line and my love is uh, probably not originally Denver Diatribe I'm really liking this podcast I've been listening to it for a while now and uh, I think it's just excellent and it's nice to hear a lot of local politics that even though I am have been living in Denver for the better part of 40 years. Uh, a lot of stuff you guys have come with, I had no idea. That's nice to hear. Uh, my hate, however, is your theme song. Hate, hate, hate it. Uh, I would uh, be perfectly happy if you brought back the Colorado Girls. I know that uh, that wasn't a popular one for a variety of reasons. Almost anything else would be better. Oh, my God, you have to get rid of that theme song. Um, and that's it. So there you go. Keep up the good work. Get rid of the theme song. You guys are great. Thanks. Denver, city weather, intoxicates me with its sunny afternoons. Never. Hello and welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the most interesting city between Steamboat Springs and Calhan. Today on the Diatribe, StoryCorps, the National Oral History Project pulls over in Denver to record everyday stories from the Mile High City. I'm Vanessa Martinez. In studio with me today are a gaggle of Diatribe co-hosts, Ron Doyle, Joel Warner, and Josh Johnson as well as our special guest, Virginia Laura, a site supervisor for the StoryCorps project. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Virginia, thank you for being here. Uh, so uh, I, Joel and I kind of happened upon the StoryCorps mobile uh, last weekend during an untitled event at the Denver Art Museum. Uh, you're parked with your very slick uh, Airstream uh, outside the, the library. Tell us a little bit about... Um, First of all, a little bit about StoryCorps and how long you've been in Denver. Yeah, um, StoryCorps is the national nonprofit oral history project, and it travels around the country in an outfitted recording, in an in an airstream trailer that's outfitted basically as a traveling recording booth. Um, we, the idea behind StoryCorps is that we don't interview people that come in, but instead invite people to come in with a friend or colleague or a loved one and interview one another. And we record that conversation that they have at the Folk Life Center at the Library of Congress and partner with National Public Radio and community radio stations across the country to air some of the clips that people have been, uh, of conversations that people have been having. 
And mm-hmm. here in here in Denver, your partner station is KGNU, correct? Yes, that's right. KGNU um, is, has been hosting us for the past month here in Denver. We arrived on October 6th and we'll be leaving town this Sunday. Um, last day of the recordings is Saturday, November 5th. Okay, so uh, our podcast is a little bit delayed, so you've been here for uh, almost a month yeah. or pretty much a whole month. Yes. Um, and so, you, story court. So, what are some of the the more notable things that you've heard in Denver this time? Uh, you because Col- story court has been to Colorado before. Yes. Um, but this time around, what are are there any themes that are kind of standing out? Are the stories more uh, personal? What's what's Denver? What kind of impression is Denver leaving on you? Yeah, um, that's a really good question and really hard. I wasn't part of the tour last time we were here. So this is my first impression of Denver and my first taste of Colorado. When was the last time you were here? StoryCorps was here in 2009. Um, yes, I believe. And we did um, a small stops. Um, but no, And we were in Denver as well, in addition to yeah. um, other places. It's hard to say. Um, uh, so it's hard to speak about how these conversations may compare to those. Um, but I think because... One of the things we've done is we opened up our recording booth to anybody that wanted to come in. So these were people that knew about StoryCorps and wanted to record a conversation. But also we've partnered with local community organizations and other institutions to sort of reach out to a different group of people or uh, other people who may not have known about StoryCorps before. So we like to think that the conversations reflect in a way... um, sort of the different communities and demographics and experiences in Denver. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly been a lot of conversations between people where they talk about growing up in Denver or about, if you know, a lot of people who aren't, were not born here but talk about their impressions and what it has been like for them to spend, spend time here and then make a sort of, make it their home. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Well, and last yeah. night you had uh, the the um, unfortunate ex- experience of having to facilitate Jared and I. Uh, Jared, our, our other uh, diatribe co-host, uh, we taped our own story core about the diatribe, but really it ended up being about what we usually end up talking about, which is, of course, journalism. And um, because we are so identified, uh, we so identify by that. Um, it was not an unfortunate experience <laughs> for the record. <laughs> Well, we haven't heard it yet, so we're I not sure know. about that. Well, <laughs> yeah, and well, no, actually, he didn't. I, I think maybe, I think we had an equal amount of time uh, talking, but we've got an, uh, a 40-minute long conversation now recorded, and, and it will be stored at the Library of Congress, so we'll see, you know. For if, if all time. For all time, for anybody <laughs> to listen to us. Uh, maybe no, I didn't. No, we didn't have. I think if we would, I think maybe a a few more hours would have, maybe something would have cracked. But uh, you know, for it, it it didn't really. It didn't really. One thing that was really funny was last week when Vanessa and I uh, went and kind of, kind of broke into the StoryCorps uh, (laughs) van. We started like wandering around the little mini recording studio, and I just happened to like open up one of the cabinet like drawers up and there was it's it was stocked with kleenex boxes just stocked like just like i'm sure there's just like people are bawling left and right so it was good that you guys had that all set up yeah i mean it, it happens i wouldn't it definitely doesn't happen in every interview and it doesn't happen throughout the whole 40 minutes um 
that people are talking for the most part, but it happens pretty often. And I don't know, um, every time I'm facilitating a conversation in that same room with two people who know one another but don't know me or don't know our facilitators, I'm so surprised by how um, willing and able they are to just open up to one another and be as emotional as they need to be at that moment, despite the fact that there's a complete stranger in the room handles the technical equipment and doing that kind of things that seems irrelevant to the conversation that they're so, having. So break the it down room, for somebody though. that's never seen this before. You, you go inside of an Airstream trailer. Yes. It's, it's like, one of the, like the classic police uh, surveillance vehicle inside. It's got all sorts of recording equipment and everybody sits down with microphones. No, no, what, no, it, no. what is it like if, if you were going to go see StoryCorps, what would it look like to someone who's never done it before? Okay, so you first step into the front part the front part of the airstream and that's set up as a sort of as a little office or there's a little table that kind of looks like it could be a dining a diner table okay. and some com well, comfortable chairs so it looks like an office we don't have any recording equipment there um, we if you were to walking in turn to your left and walk make your way towards the back part of the trailer that's where through a set of double doors you would see the recording studio uh, okay um, okay but we try to keep it friendly and comfortable and cozy so it's very comfortable yeah. i mean and and the facilitation is so um it's so soft and really uh you know virginia was our facilitator last night and you know it, it's not prodding or in your face it's a very um gentle way of moving the conversation along so really when you're sitting at this at this table in the back and your microphones you know you're just sitting across from each other you really uh, can get lost in each other and that i think you know is is the purpose of story but, obviously but there has to be some skill there for you as a facilitator I actually had a friend who actually flew her mom in from um from a different state to actually to actually do story court with her uh this this past week, and I know that her mom was a bit nervous about it, was a little bit reluctant at first, and she said that you guys were so, were just so kind of, there was so much like gentle, like, um, like just encouragement that she said, well, you guys should be basically social workers. So, I mean, I mean, she was really touched by, by how well you work with people like who might not be like Vanessa. It might take a little more time to kind of, get into it so like w for you what what are some of like the the secrets to kind of getting folks who might be a little reluctant to actually yeah um up? i think the secret is sort of listening um, which is in a way funny because that's sort of the whole idea and message be behind story core that we should listen to one another but it is to listen and not just with your ears but sort of with your eyes and with your whole body and kind of be able to stand back and see how people are interacting with one another, how people are reacting to the place that they're at. Because, yes, the, it's not a very, you know, it's not a situation that a lot of people find themselves in every day. And sometimes we have people at the booth who are very excited to do a StoryCorps interview and so thrilled, but then the person that they're with, maybe they're not as excited or are sort of coming in because they were asked to come in, but don't particularly like being recorded. So being able to take people's cues and um, and just try to put them at ease because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the whole experience is meant to be a pleasurable experience and something for them. Um, yes, I think that the 
National Archive at the Library of Congress is great and it's it would be incredible to capture as many of these stories and save them for posterity. There's great value to that. Uh, but I and also, you know, for the stories that get aired on the radio and create this compelling content that content compelling content that we don't always get to hear, you know, there's great value to that. But one of the most um, I think valuable experiences is just sitting, being able to sit down across from somebody and spend some time asking questions that are important to you or sharing stories that are important to you. So ultimately, I think it's very much about the experience that these two people are having. And so as a facilitator, we have to be respectful of that. Mm -hmm. And um, and that means different things for different people, too. Yeah, that yeah was, it can that's be actually exactly what my friend said. She said, you know, it was her and her mom, and they don't have that close relationship. They actually have a good, uh, like a pretty wide, uh, difference in age and she said you know basically I got to I got to like talk to her about the things that that I, that that I don't I don't talk to her about every Sunday when I give her a phone call and for her it was really this kind of magical experience like whatever happens to it now just sitting down with her mom and being forced to kind of listen to her story was kind of I would love experience. to do it with a family member I think it would be really um, just a really wonderful now that I've done it with Jared who I mean it was great to do it with Jared too of course but did I think you guys it would be, bond uh, really well um <laughs> maybe <laughs> I don't learn? know <laughs> what did I learn um I, I don't know that I learned really anything more <laughs> I remembered some things that I had forgotten about when I first met Jared um and well, actually dirt, it was Vanessa. a little bit it was a little bit cathartic I mean I started talking about my first job, which I was very much attached to, which all of you here know. But before I go on with this, before I go on. <laughs> You're already going I, there. I, I want to talk. I want to play. Do you want the Kleenex, Vanessa? Are you, ready? Are you ready for the Kleenex? <laughs> <laughs> I want to play a story core, a very short one um, that's online, that's from, that was recorded in Peonia. Um, for the people who are listening who have not heard story core, um, this one is from a man named Adolf Caranza. Um, and uh, yeah, he was. It was recorded in Peonia. So let's give this a shot. We were pretty poor, and the school told the Salvation Army, and the Salvation Army came, and they brought some canned goods and things of that sort there. And they had a, one or two cans of this cranberry stuff that we didn't know what it was. And my grandma, she put them away. Nobody wanted it. And during the winters, well, you know, during the winters it was kind of rough. And my mama and my grandma said, "Well, open that can, see what it is." He opened it up, and it was jelly form type of thing. And I told my brother, well, you want to taste it? He said, no, I don't want to. It's red. I don't know what it is. So I kind of touched it, and it was kind of sweet. I said, man, this is sugary. And I got a spoon, and it was great. And my mama would make uh, corn tortillas, and we would put the cranberry stuff in there, you know, and then we would eat it. So then when the Salvation Army would come again, I'd grab those cans, and I'd put them away, hide them. And then me and my kid brother, we go outside and we open it just with a spoon. No, no tortilla, no nothing. <laughs> I really, I, I thought that was really funny. Um, so now uh, one of the things that I asked Virginia to do, guys, obviously, was um, we're going to, she's going to work some story core magic on all of you. Um, so Virginia, so I'm going right to I'm I'm hand it over to you and, and see what kind of stories we can get out of these guys for a little while. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> No pressure there. Um, and we're tough nuts to crack, I have to yeah. say. You better use your without, special tricks. Without the lighting inside the recording booth, it's so... Uh, yeah. What's it's the so lighting hard. like? It's, it's dim. It's 
Hello. It's nice and yeah. low. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Yes. And I mean, the studio's pretty cozy, too. I have to say, <laughs> but. Um, okay. Well, I will ask maybe one of my favorite. So I have in front of me a list of great questions. And that's a list of questions we ask. We often hand out to our participants to give them an idea of some of the things they could talk about if they wanted to during their conversation. So I would love to hear, um, Joel, what is your best memory of childhood? My best memory of childhood? It would probably be the smell of the sourdough bread that my mom would, would bake. I'd be outside on the swing set and I could smell her, smell it coming from the kitchen. What did it smell like? sour as sourdough bread is <laughs> you see you know yeah <laughs> deep deep here uh no it's just uh just yeah that this uh it, for me it just uh it just kind of kind of evokes the feeling i guess of the kitchen in my house which is there's always a lot of activity there with like my mom cooking and stuff where did you grow up i grew up in wellesley yeah. hey Ron, you aren't you are the story core master. Sorry, sorry. No, but that's the point yeah, of this no. exercise. <laughs> yeah, no. I grew up in Wellesley, <laughs> which is uh which is a town outside of Boston in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, and what did you so what did your house look like? What did it look like? Mm-hmm. Kind of a typical kind of New England uh you know, um kind of wooden two story house, had a bit of a kind of hilly backyard, a lot of trees. Ron, where did you grow up? I grew up in Roswell, New Mexico. That's right. That's my... Well, you didn't have any trees. My bizarre little hometown. No, there there were trees, but they were all planted. You know, they were there from city development. There, yeah. there are no trees there naturally. So, so not like waspy trees like, like we had? No, not... No, no. We, well, we had willows and, okay. and elms, that sort of thing. The occasional what? oak. I don't know what, what a wasp... What makes a tree waspy? <laughs> If wasps live near it. Is an oak? <laughs> oak is a wasp. All right. We're getting a little bit off track here. Josh grew up in Piscataway. But, and this is interesting because we don't, uh, we don't ever talk about ourselves on the diatribe. And, no, not and, very often. And in fact, Joel, you are here, you, you know, you, you're here uh, for the first time in a while. Yes, yeah. And first time in a while. Jared is the only original diatribe member who's still um, on the podcast. And so Josh and myself and Ron, Ron being the newest, um, you know, we just kind of jumped into this. So anybody who's been listening are probably like, who the hell are these people? Yeah. Where did Josh and Vanessa and Ron come from all of a sudden? <laughs> you know? So It's uh, like when they changed Daryl's. <laughs> you remember on I Dream of Jeannie? Exactly. Like, all of a sudden, it's a new season. All right, who's this guy? Did she get a divorce? Exactly. Yeah. His name's Daryl as well. Yeah. It was a magic trick. Yeah. but we started we were talking about that last night too jared and i i mean we are the only uh diatribe hosts and producers who are from colorado so um we kind we kind of started bitching about some of that i'm getting i'm getting close in in like two years i'll be i will have spent the majority of my life in colorado versus new mexico I think at that point I get to count myself as a naturalized Colorado citizen. But I count New Mexico now. anyway, honestly, because I grew up in Pueblo, which is pretty oh, much uh, New yeah. Mexico that anyway. Is, so that's totally New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so that so you're you're a Coloradan. It's just that's that's the way it's gonna go. Um, so when did you come to Colorado? Right. I moved to Colorado in 1996. Came to college, had no idea what I was getting into when I moved to Boulder. I really didn't know anything about the town. I 
sign an acceptance letter before I ever saw the campus. So, wow, That's yeah, uh, and intense. It was a major cultural shift for me. It was tricky. I kept going. Where are all the white? Where are all the Mexicans? There are so many white people here. <laughs> but it was very bizarre for me, and I it took a while before I was able to find the the community that I was used to back in New Mexico. And so, yeah. when did you feel like you were? When did it stop being weird or strange for you? When it stopped being weird or strange? Oh, I don't know. Probably at the point that I was working in a deli and I I met people that worked in a kitchen. So I was able to speak Spanish again and I was able to talk to people that I felt more comfortable with culturally. Uh, and uh, But, uh, you know, I have certainly gone numb to to the general lack of diversity. And Boulder got... Boulder got to me, and I had to move to Denver to fix that. Yeah. Now, and I live in a neighborhood where my my daughter is the minority in her classroom, so I like that. And, and Josh, we're not uh, we're gonna have to move on to love and hate, but don't worry, we're gonna give you a lot of shit soon for being <laughs> from New Jersey. Jared and I were talking about it last night after uh, we taped StoryCorps, and and we're we're definitely gonna do a show on Colorado versus non-Colorado. There's uh, no breaking the stereotypes. There's no reason to give shit about me from New Jersey. Uh, yes, New Jersey. Have you yeah. not seen the South Park episode where New Jersey takes over? Right. It's and and <laughs> and I think it's a real concern for me. So we'll have to take up that issue. But right now we're going to go into love and hate. So let's start with you, Joel. Give us your love well, or hate I'm for the week, picked please. Picked on this week a lot. Yes. But you give for not being around enough. I'm going to give some love this week to. Open Air, the new Colorado public radio station on AM 1340. I know we've been talking about it here for probably months. We've been so excited about, about it coming on, but it started this past Monday. Um, and for someone who went to school in Philadelphia, I listened to WXPN religiously as this great like station of alternative music. It's pretty, it's pretty fantastic to have AM 1340 uh, coming in. Uh, wait, yeah, and I, 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 you know, I was gonna actually you took mine. Yes, um, I already told Josh that he couldn't take it, so I, oh. I should have warned you too. Uh, yeah, but no, it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I do too. And uh, it it joins eleven ninety though. We should tell. I mean, I, I feel like sometimes eleven ninety gets gets squished out of the. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. incredible that the best two best stations available to us are on AM. AM. Yeah. But what? So okay, so now I got into a lot this of the staffers who, who kind of who started at eleven ninety like went to thirteen forty. I think there's a lot of alums there. I read which that. Which is a good thing. Um, good why, sign. Josh? You because you've done radio for a long mm -hmm. time. We got into this Twitter conversation yesterday. Yep. Why is it that these stations are? Uh, relegated to the AM. I don't know that they're rele relegated to the AM. I think that they're obviously choosing to go there. Um, and I do think the FM dial is pretty crowded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's so it's an availability thing. Though CPR owns how many signals? They could have swapped it out. They could have put news on the AM, which <coughs> in terms of fidelity would sound better. Because <coughs> that's the only thing issue the I stigma, have. Is they, that they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't put their, their kind of flagship news on the no, you wouldn't. Siberia. You wouldn't, and I imagine that they have a listenership that, you know, it would be hard to match, with with this style of station. But this is the also the way that NPR stations are going, you know. To AM? Well, not to AM, but the style of programming that they have, not necessarily whether they're on AM or FM. You know, it's uh, it's it's they're they're taking over something that's like between twenty five and forty five year old, smart music listeners. Yeah. That that the commercial stations aren't catering to. So it's smart, and I think it's going to work out for them, and I'm glad that they're there as well. 
So do you think that, because some people are annoyed that it's on AM? I'm kind of annoyed. It's yeah. On AM. Do you think if we, as we, like listeners, if we start giving specifically because of open air and, you know, their numbers are up, do you think there's, like, would it move to I don't FM? see why they wouldn't, right? I yeah. mean, if they can find the audience and prove that the audience is there and that they'll support it. Yeah. Um, it should move it to FM. At the same time, I, I think, think it could be competitive with any other station on FM. I mean, if they're going to pull people that are KBCO listeners, because yeah. I think KBCO has kind of gone downhill. Oh, clearly. Yeah. Now, at the same time, I think in some ways they don't necessarily need to push that, harm, uh, that hard to get onto the FM no. uh, dial because it, because because there's so many listeners who are listening to it, like streaming on their computer yeah. or their smartphones, and I think they assume that that's going to be better fidelity anyways. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, I think, is that you, the terrestrial arm of your station is not necessarily your major focus anymore. It's online. Yeah. So. Well, Josh, when, what, are you going to give us some love or hate? Yeah, I have a really quick love this week. Um, it's a shop. It's called Word Shop, and it's in Highland what is it? Highland Square. Square. Highland Square. It's sort of near 32nd and Lowell, and they have... Um, Josh called it... a. Uh, Downtown, downtown Highlands. Highlands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where Downtown Highlands is. It seems appropriate to me. It's the closest I'm with thing you, Josh. I'm thank with you, Ron. Downtown thank you. But they have very, <laughs> very clever, funny... There's too many Highlands now. Very clever, funny <laughs> cards that are all, um, like, eco-friendly, and they're all small, studio, letter-pressed, um, and they express really particular things in life that you can't get at Hallmark. And It's, it's a couple-owned shop, and you should check it out. I can spend hours in there. It's great. Awesome. Cool. Word shop. Virginia, I know you've only been here for a month, but uh, impression of Denver, love or hate? Um, love. I think if I had to say one word, but it's different. We've been here for a month. We've learned certain things. Um, like I told you, we learned certain things inside out because our first impression is comes from the conversations we hear at the booth, and then we sort of have a couple of days off and can go around town and explore a little bit. But w once we, we do that already with the conversations and the stories in our head. So, um, but I say definitely love. I would love to come back. Um, Any one thing that made it a particular impression to make you, to make you love? Um, yes, one thing I would say is the Denver Central Library on 40th Street, mm -hmm. which is also, you know, right, our recording booth was parked outside of the library, so we had the pleasure of spending a lot of time in and around it. And I love libraries in general, and I really loved this one in particular. Um, I mean, from the building itself, which is gorgeous, to how what a resource they appear to be to the community, and and also um, shameless plug here: <laughs> um, all the interviews that we've recorded in Denver during this visit are going to be archived at the local library as part of their Creating Your Communities program. So anybody can go in and we'll be able to access them and listen to them. Yeah, uh, which nice. is that's awesome. Cool. Here, here for that too. Denver Library is awesome. Uh, my love and hate, I'll be very quick. Uh, I have one of each. Uh, my love is riding the bus. I don't get to do it very often because I work at home now, but I love, love, love riding the bus. I got to ride the 43 this morning and listen to a woman talking about how Passover made her an alcoholic. Uh, you just don't get that anywhere else. I love that. And then my hate, very quick, button fly pants and public urinal. It's just a big mess. I hate it. And I'm going to do one love and one hate wow. as well. I'm going to give some love to Boulder voters for um, voting in favor of 
um, exploring municipalization and getting rid of Excel Energy. And I'm going to, as well as voting for um, uh, the uh, Corporate Personhood Amendment, which is uh, a, a vote against Citizens United. And I'm going to give some hate to Fort Collins, my former hometown, for banning um, medical marijuana dispensaries. Shame on you, Fort Collins. Um, and that's all the love and hate we have for this week. If you have something to say about today's topics or would like to share a little of your own love and hate, please leave us a brief message at 720-282-YELL, Y-E-L-L. That's 720-282-9355. Each week we'll pick our favorite messages and play them on the show. Our theme music is by the band Houses off their summer EP. You can, scribe, you can subscribe to the Denver Diatribe podcast on iTunes and Google Listen and say hello to us on Facebook or Twitter. For more information, check out our website, denverdiatribe.com. I'm Vanessa Martinez on behalf of my co-host and our guest, Virginia Laura. Thanks for listening. That's why I'm saying, oh, we'd sit it up.